Welcome to Joint Effort with Des Moines Orthopedic Surgeons. This podcast covers the pain and injuries that are associated with muscles, ligaments, and joints. I'm Baron Bremner, and today on Joint Effort, we have Dr. Mauricio Acebe, who's a specialist in physiatry here at Des Moines Orthopedics. Um, physiatry is probably somewhat of a relatively newer term. Um, physical medicine and rehabilitation is what your specialty is. Physiatry isn't even, it was flagged on my Word document as being misspelled, even though it's spelled correctly. It's kind of funny, but tell me what physiatry is. Physiatry for me is a combination of uh, a little neurology, a little rheumatology, non-surgical orthopedics. It was started, basically got to become a bigger specialty after I think World War II. There was a lot of disabled veterans. They weren't sick, so they couldn't stay in the hospital, but they were disabled and they couldn't go home and take care of themselves. So that's how the specialty began. And from there, it kind of morphed into different things. Now there's outpatient physiatry, which is what I do, and that's more musculoskeletal medicine, more uh, non-surgical orthopedics. Mm -hmm. uh, I specialize more in back issues, so mm -hmm. for me it's more non-surgical spine issues. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, where did you do your physiatry training? Uh, I went to Northwestern University. Uh, their medical school has a rehab program. Uh, at the time, it was called uh, Rehabilitation Institute of Chicago. Okay. And medical school is there at Northwestern also? Yes. And did you, where'd you grow up? I grew up here, in Des Moines. Oh, I didn't know that. Where did you go to high school? Valley High School. Valley. Okay, very good. Um, and you are uh, married? Yes. Is your wife also from Iowa? No, she's from Brazil. Oh, really? Okay. And she's here in Des Moines with you. Uh, how long have you guys been in Des Moines now with for practice? Uh, a little over a year, maybe a year and a quarter. Okay. And what does she do? Currently, she's working for Nationwide. Okay, great. Well, Des Moines is, uh, what, the insurance capital of the Midwest, at least, right? Yes. Um, what, uh, you know, growing up here, you knew about this. What do you think her, what are her favorite and least favorite things about the Midwest living, or Des Moines in particular, you know? Uh, I think she likes uh, the, the space mm -hmm. in, in Des Moines. She likes the friendly people. Mm -hmm. uh, the politeness here is always a bonus. Mm -hmm. um, and she likes it here very much. I mm -hmm. think the only thing coming from Brazil that's a little off-putting is the weather. Oh, yeah, I, I imagine so. Is <laughs> she from like a huge city like Sao Paulo or Rio? Or? No, she's from the very south of Brazil. Okay. So it's actually kind of more like a, there's vineyards there and mm. farm country, so it's not too different from Iowa in that regard. Is it almost like down to Argentina? Down yeah. There? yeah. Yeah, so farmers and um, a lot of beef. Stuff like yes, that, right? beef, yeah. wine, cool. uh, stuff like that. That's awesome. Uh, well, typically, um, if somebody has a spine problem and they're going to present to the doctor, what kind of symptoms are the people that you're seeing coming to you with? What are what are they complaining about? I think the most common thing would be like sciatica, uh, pinched nerve. Can uh, you describe what that might feel like? Yeah, people have back pain and they'll shoot down into the leg. Um, it's a very common problem and for the most part, very treatable, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, on occasion, if it's a little more advanced that, than that, like, you know, there's weakness or stuff like that, then, you know, we'll probably get other other docs involved. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are most of your patients coming to you, um, like, they're looking up on the Internet, I want a physiatrist from DMOS, or are they mostly referrals from a family doctor, internal medicine doctor, orthopedic surgeon? How do you see most of your people I think in your practice? at this point, most people are referrals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when they come to you, they've got a problem, and the person has said, well, maybe um, 
maybe a physiatry visit can help you. What kind of workup do you have to do then? As workup meaning like, uh, what do you need to do for studies or most of the studies done already? Do you have to do things like that to get to the bottom of the problem? I think the most important thing, which I think you know too, is getting the history. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you what's wrong. Mm-hmm. You just have to make sure you listen yeah. to it. Yeah. And then from there, you know, you'll do a physical exam and then you'll, I like imaging because imaging will be very helpful in determining if it's a focal problem or not. Mm-hmm. I like MRI. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable looking at the pictures. Um, and I think it's very helpful. So you get that three-dimensional image of, of the spine and you can perhaps see what might be pinching on what and where where the problem area is. Exactly. And then that helps you determine treatment options. And, and you use imaging also to treat things while you're treating it. Yeah. Image guidance, right? Oh, yeah. What do you do for that? So if I'm fortunate enough to have an MRI and their symptoms correlate with a pinched nerve coming from a particular location, they could be candidates for an epidural steroid injection. Uh, you use, I like to use the MRI as a, the, the base uh, imaging study, but then I'll use a fluoroscope or a specialized x-ray for placement of the injection. Okay. So let's say that the MRI shows that um, a patient has a you know, what we call a slip disc or something, or something that's irritating a particular nerve root, like it might be the left-sided lumbar fourth nerve root. Um, what are you going to do? What do you look for? How deep does that needle go? And what location is it going in? What, what are you trying to drop the medicine? And what kind of medicine is it that you're using? It's usually going to be some form of steroid, uh, and it depends on the location of the medication, the approach you take. Um, but a very common approach would be lining up everything so that the medicine goes right along the nerve and right next to the disc, the transframinal approach. Okay. Um, so you use the, I'll use the x-ray to line everything up and get the needle parallel to the disc and nerve area and then deposit medication. I tell, I tell patients it's like parking in a really tight spot with all your bells and whistles. Okay. Um, so transframinal um, through the foramen, is that coming kind of diagonal then or from the side a little bit or straight from the back it's more of a diagonal approach okay. all right but it depends on what uh, what the anatomy allows at the okay same time. so a lot of people are better familiar with um you know a uh, epidural for uh, labor and delivery type thing how, how similar is that type of approach or where are the medicines going compared to what you're talking about so for uh, labor epidural uh, that's uh, more or less a straight on approach okay typically there's no fluoro and it's really a highly educated guess. You feel, mm-hmm. and you go for mm-hmm. it, and it's a tactile kind of uh, procedure. And you can do that approach, too, with mm-hmm. x-ray for some conditions as well. The only difference is you have a fluoroscope to tell you where to go and where not to go. For a transframinal approach, there's, there's no uh, loss of resistance. It's less of a tactile approach. It's more visual. Mm-hmm. So you line everything up. You get your parameters as clear as possible, and, and you kind of park your, mm-hmm. your medicine right there. How much, um, you know, does it travel? So let's say there's two levels that you're worried about, and you can't really tell which one's causing the problem. Do you have to inject, and they're both on the same side, do you have to inject both spots, or does, do you give, is there some kind of creep of the medicine up and down that there, could affect both? Yeah, there's some spread. Uh, it depends on how much you put in at mm-hmm. the same time. You're also limited by how much steroid you can place. If the problem is more like, I just really want to get this, feel better, we can do two injections at once. Mm-hmm. If you are thinking you might do some surgical planning, you might just do one to get the information of which 
levels most effective. Mm -hmm. um, so this might be too technical for some uh, viewers or listeners, but what is the actual amount of medicine, you know, some doctors might want to know that are listening, you know? I mean, if you're using a transferamyl approach, I like to use uh, dexamethasone. So I typically use one ml, okay. one milliliter. All right. Um, what are the other injections? I know there are some uh, things like facet injections and some SI injections. What are other injections in the uh, spinal column that you can do? You can do facet injections or you can go intraticular if you feel there's edema in the facet joint, which is also not uncommon because mm -hmm. um, that can cause just back pain. So you go into the facet joint under x-ray and deposit the medication that way. You can do sacroiliac joint injection as you brought up for people who have uh, pain between the uh, back and the hip where those bones meet up. Some people have joint pain there. You can use the x-ray. Is that for the SI joint Correct. in between there? Correct. And um, how can you tell like the difference when you're examining somebody between the facet or like the shingles on the on the lumbar spine that kind of help with some stability front to back and there's some motion between there. How can you tell if they're having facet joint pain versus SI pain versus low back arthritis? Uh, what's kind of, I know it's hard to explain that. That's a good that, question. <laughs> so uh, part of it is uh, exam physical examination, mm -hmm. where they have the most pain, what brings it on. Mm -hmm. Part of it is imaging. Mm -hmm. um, for example, uh, plain film x-ray shows something called spondylolisthesis, which is a slippage of the vertebra. Most likely pressures on that facet joint mm -hmm. above the sacrum. You get further imaging, if there's any kind of edema in the joint, then most likely it's going to be the facet joint. If imaging brings up nothing, meaning everything looks pretty good and it's more of a palpation over the sacroiliac area and there's some provocative maneuvers, I'll probably lean towards more of a SI joint injection. Okay. Um, for the facet joint injection, is it, I mean, a joint has like, when I think of a joint, I think of like a big joint, like a knee or a hip or a shoulder. How much do you see of the facet joint when you're injecting into it? Like, do you use contrast to get into the joint so you know you're in the facet joint that you're talking about, or do you just know where it is on the bone and you put the medicine in that area? You can tell location-wise on mm -hmm. the yeah. fluoroscope, but <clears throat> I, I use a little contrast to confirm my placement mm -hmm. and see where it is, mm -hmm. and that's how gotcha. I know I'm there. Gotcha. Now you also do um, EMGs and NCVs. Can you describe for our listeners what those tests are and what they're helpful for? Yeah, it's, a, it's an electrical test. And basically you're trying to measure the response of the nerves peripherally in, in the hand uh, or in the lower extremity. You're just trying to determine if they're getting caught up anywhere, there's any slowing anywhere, there's any entrapment issues. Mm -hmm. uh, it can also help for other you know, neurologic conditions or muscular conditions as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, commonly things that, you know, I might send somebody to you for is to see if they have a carpal tunnel syndrome in the hand or a cubital tunnel at the elbow. But you can sometimes pick up neurologic issues, too, like you talked about, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, usually if there's concern for that, then I'll also ask uh, help or referral from a neurologist. To sure, of course, yeah. Um, are EMGs and NCVs helpful when you're trying to figure out if there's a pinched nerve in the neck? Yeah, they can be very helpful for that. Okay. Um, how, uh, how user dependent or, you know, variable are those, um, electrical tests, you know, as far as open to interpretation, you know, I've seen some from some doctors where they say one thing and another doctor says another thing. How do you, what do you think about that for EMGs? Is it user dependent or who's I, I, I reading think, it? I think it is user dependent. I think it helps to get training in it. Yeah. I took uh, another 
a certification test, mm-hmm. uh, which if you pass, it's great. And it, it really helps yeah. sharpen up the interpretation of um, those studies. Right. Um, we talked about some of the different injections in the low back. Um, I think it's probably also important to differentiate between people that have the sciatica type pain like you were talking about and people have low back pain. What do you think the success rates are for somebody who's predominantly coming in with, you know, maybe a month, maybe three months of what we call ridiculous pain or pain down the back of the leg into the foot maybe compared to somebody who has predominantly low back pain? In your practice, how much improvement can you expect or what do you counsel people on the success rates for an injection for radicular pain versus an injection for low back pain? It, it kind of comes down again to what's causing the problem and where you think it's coming from. But um, for radicular type pain, I think an epidural can be very helpful in reducing the pain complaints. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if it's just a back pain issue, which you feel is perhaps related to a disc issue, maybe it's not as effective, mm-hmm. but then it could be coming from the facets, which is another cause of pain, mm-hmm. then it can be very helpful mm-hmm. if you address those. Um, most of the people that I send to you, I also recommend that they do physical therapy. Do you use that as part of your modality Oh, definitely, as well? definitely. For some patients who have some element of narrowing in their spine or stenosis, I tell them that you know, if we can change their biomechanics and create a little bit of space, mm-hmm. and uh, that will help their symptoms, and one of the best ways to do that is through physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that some, some of the men who get that kind of trunkal obesity, it really pulls, pulls them forward and really squishes stuff in the low back, so I do recommend that they work on getting some of that off, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, yeah. Um, what are the types of things that would come to you and would be a red flag, and you'd say, hold on, I'm not going to be able to help you today. We need to have you see our spine surgeon. You know, and you'd call one of our spine surgeons for that. If I see weakness or anything that's considered progressive weakness with a reflex drop, that's more concerning to me Mm -hmm. um, because that means that I need to have some element of decompression Mm -hmm. uh, to help prevent any further Mm -hmm. loss of strength and stuff like that. So I usually talk to the surgeons right off the bat when I see that. And it's nice to have a collaborative thing here at DMOS now with you and Dr. Fox and our two spine surgeons and our physical therapy department. That's really helpful. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. It's easy. We just, we, if there's any issues, we talk about patients and just walk over and just talk to walk them, over yeah. or yeah. walk down. And yeah. Perfect. Um, in addition to procedural things, um, in your practice, what's the role for, and this is a, a good thing for us to talk about with the opioid epidemic, what is the role for opioids or non-steroidal anti-inflammatories or muscle relaxants in your practice for low back pain or radiculopathy? So if people are having some sleep issues due to pain, we can talk about muscle relaxers since they tend to be sedating. Um, For anti-inflammatories, again, it's just to help them be more functional during the day. Mm -hmm. And then for opioids, again, it's the same kind of thing. It's just to provide a little more function or maybe provide a little rest. They're not for, for me, they're not uh, a medicine that is like, it's not like a diabetic medicine where every day you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of medicines produce side effects and problems. So the shorter you're on those medications, the better off I think the patient will be. Yeah, yeah. Um, aside from the spine injections, what are other things that you do during the day? You know, what other procedures or um, things do you do in your clinic? 
I mean, the main thing is just evaluation, mm -hmm. uh, trying to listen to see where the people's symptoms are coming from. Mm -hmm. And it's not always, even though it seems like a back pain issue, maybe it's not a back pain issue. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's something else. Uh, I had a case recently where uh, a patient who was having radicular type pain, the back looked pretty normal. And then we looked more in the pelvis and there was a problem there. Mm -hmm. And that's where it was helpful to get further evaluation, imaging, and then you send, or you, you get uh, other specialists involved. That sure, time. yeah. Um, the opposite thing happens to me a lot. I have a, I do a, a pretty big hip practice, hip replacement practice, and a lot of my patients will come in and say they have, you know, hip pain, and uh, that's just kind of a big region, and we end up doing an examination. The hip range of motion is good, but the back range of motion is very bad, and we then maybe have to go in that direction. So I think we both probably have a pretty big overlap oh, yeah, there. It's, it's pretty similar, yeah. It's like I'll say it's their back, and they point to their, you know, area of their hip. You, you realize, like, when you move their hip, it's painful, limited range of motion. You get an x-ray. It's like, whoa, we got pretty bad arthritis yeah. there. And, you know, off you go to see Dr. Bremner. Yeah, know. or you sometimes do hip injections too, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. they can so, be diagnostic, or and sometimes it can be therapeutic. So you also do large joint injections like shoulder, hip, yeah. um, knee, if it need be. But, sure. Um, probably less often knee because you don't really need imaging that much for knee injection. So most most doctors feel comfortable in my practice at least doing that, but probably more hip and shoulder. Yeah. Um, do you also do the arthrogram injections for us? Yeah, we do arth yeah, both Dr. Fox and myself okay. do the arthrogram injections. Uh, so that would be um, doing a doing some dye in a shoulder joint to before they go into an MRI to make it look more uh, distinct so that we can see what we're doing better. So that's yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, it helps improve the sensitivity of any kind of uh, structural damage. Yeah. Um, well, thank you very much for talking to us today. Um, the addition of you and Dr. Fox and our physiatry team and uh, Dr. Reese into our spine team to add to Dr. Nelson has been a tremendous boon, I think, for Des Moines and for Central Iowa, and I really am excited about it. It's very nice to be here. It's very nice to be part of a collaborative effort, which I feel DMOS uh, provides. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Joint Effort, a podcast from Des Moines Orthopedic Surgeons. If you have questions about this podcast and wish to schedule an appointment with a surgeon, call 515-224-1414 or visit dmos.com.